Hello, this is Reverend Colette Duval-Pandela. Welcome to our Wolf Wisdom Gathering in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. Today, Takoda joins me. He was my Valentine's Day gift and a miracle to this family, um, especially to Shadow, and then became the alpha male of this pack. And he's magnificent, and he's a benevolent, and he's just here to show us how special we are. And he's here today, especially to help me talk about everyday miracles. So here we go. Good morning, everybody. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. This is Takoda. Can't get more earthier than this fella. <laughs> Our Thunderpaw Alpha male. And he's here to help me talk today about everyday miracles. So I'm going to let him go and let you guys say hi. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> it's all about the Danish. <laughs> you know, there's the big miracles and there's the smaller miracles. And I'm going to talk about both today. Um, and then also if you have a problem with the word miracle. But um, Takoda is kind of like, just that we would have that big boy, a 116 pound blonde beauty, you know, that we can share with you is a miracle. Um, and the way he came to us, I think, is a miracle. For those of you who don't know the story, on Valentine's Day night, 2009, we got a phone call, there's puppies. And of course, Paul's face came out around the corner. There's puppies, and it's his like eyes are sparkling, and his face is all red and flushed. And I'm like, <laughs> I've got, I completely stiffened up and closed up and went, Are you sure that's the most responsible thing for us to do right now? And then I saw my body language and I went, oh my gosh, I've turned into my mother. <laughs> you know, and um, some of you know and some of you don't know that Shadow was really suffering at that time. And um, we did not know whether she was going to make it or not from her cancer. And so it took a lot of just processing and settling down and knowing that our dream hasn't changed. What we had decided to do with our lives had not changed. And that we were going to build a pack of wolves and we were going to socialize them so people can meet them and, and fall in love with them just the way that we did. Meet them, look them in the eye, and change their experience about this creature we call the wolf. And so I call him my Valentine's Day gift, but we really went and got him for Shadow. So the miracle was Shadow adopted him and as much pain as she was in she took him on and took him into her heart and she got to raise him and we had the privilege of witnessing that miracle and it was miraculous you know not a little miracle one of the big ones you know and um and i and what i learned especially from that time is that you don't turn things away come in. Now you have to be responsible. But you know what I mean? Just because responsibility for taking on a puppy on that level 
you know, is a big responsibility. So it's not about not taking on the responsibility, but take in what you've asked for. Be open to the miracle of the gift, whether it looks like a gift or not at the time. You know? And of course, we can call it a mistake or we can call it a miracle that on Paul's watch, Dakota got together with Alaska and had our six pack and we got evicted from the city. <laughs> I don't take responsibility for that one. <laughs> you know, and it was painful and it was difficult and we had 11 wolves in Studio City and they said, you cannot live here like this. And that's a dangerous concept when animal control is telling you you cannot be here, so you have to move. So, and where do you go at the height of the real estate crisis? And nobody was lending money for anything, much less land, do you know what I mean, that isn't worth anything, unless there's something on it that's worth something. So five acres is worth something. We needed just, we needed 10 or more, which is not worth so much. And we ended up here. You know what I mean? So all of that fear, all of that stress, all of that anxiety, every single day wondering if the knock on the door is animal control coming to get my walls. You know what I mean? That is hard. And it requires some faith. It requires a moment-to-moment -moment living in fear in order to get through to the next miracle and the next miracle. You know, Walt Whitman says this, seeing, hearing, and feeling are miracles. And each part and tag of me is a miracle. And so we, either we believe that or we don't. But I think life is harder and much sadder and much more depressing and distressing if we don't believe that. So I'm going to talk about that today. So before we get started, just relax in your chairs. For those of you who haven't been here before, we sing an opening meditative song. And I just say, uncross yourself, let yourself go. Let the chair you're sitting in hold you. Mother Earth has that chair. You can't fall.
what I know. I know that we live in a miraculous world. And that I believe that there is a creative intelligence, a force, that is magnificent. And that it is the creator of everything seen and unseen, including us. All living things and the way it all operates together with each other unconsciously. All of what we know about this earth and the planet and how it spins in the universe, this is all of creation. And I believe that it's intelligent. And that is meant to be. And so just think of the most magnificent, miraculous thing in the world. And there is no possibility that you cannot be any less or that you can be less than all of those miracles. And I know that I am and you are and we are flowing with this intelligence that it is what inner wisdom is, that it is informing you always because I believe that there is a divine purpose that we are all here to live uniquely and specially and only we can perform that job. Just like the wolves in their pack. You have talents that you came here to give to the rest of the planet and the world, being just as you are and who you are, and nobody else can fulfill that but you. And so it's precious, whole, and complete. You came here with that stuff. And I'm so grateful for this knowing. I'm so grateful that I can be here to share it. I'm Bless the good that comes before me, the good that is here now, and all the good before me, and into infinity. And I release these words knowing there is universal truth to them. And that they are held in the hands of this grace that I sing about. And that our heart's desires are being met, despite all appearances to the contrary. And so it is. Amen. Namaste. Aho, which is what the Native Americans say. Nobuhiro Watsuki says this. <laughs> well, if you live long enough, you lose a lot. Just as long as you don't throw them away. Whatever you lose, you can find again, but what you throw away, you can never get back. missed opportunities and i know for me when it is the most stressful when it is the hardest when it is the scariest times i see obstacles not opportunities right i'm not alone in that i don't think <laughs> you know as much as i know I get stressed out too, I get overwhelmed, I want to go bury myself under the covers and not wake up and show up. And yet, my faith, my belief system tells me otherwise. And if you don't have that, or haven't developed it, or haven't had enough, I'm going to put it a different way. If you have not been broken. Do you know what I mean? So much. Because hearts get broken. Incident after incident after incident. If that heartbreak has not become so much of your experience, 
you can have the faith to open up to the everyday miracles that are surrounding you. And you get that affirmed and confirm your belief and your faith. And unfortunately, that takes a lot of work. That's why I'm moved to tears by it. It's not easy. It's not easy. When you're coming from that place specifically. You know, I heard this term when I met my husband because it's part of a 12-step program or whoever brought it to that program, but this idea of quitting five minutes before the miracle, right? You can't quit five minutes before the miracle. And sometimes that just feels like every single day you're going, okay, five more minutes. <laughs> and then tomorrow, okay, five more minutes. But sometimes that's what it feels like. And we had a conversation because a lot of the stuff that we're going through and trying to build and trying to get our dream to come true looks like impossible on the sky level. You know, and you're tired already. Exhausted already, sore, <laughs> you know, hardly able to get up and move. And then you've got this sky to still, still get through to. And what we realized is that because we're open enough to see the little miracles around us every day, you know, that we start living for the big miracle, waiting five minutes for that, and we miss everything else that's happening in the moment waiting for this picture idea to come true. Now, for those of you who've known us for a long time, I was watering down the patio where we go meet the wolves afterwards, right? I'm watering it down, and I'm realizing that we have this great overhang now, like this patio cover. I wasn't there when we first got here. We used to have to go over and sit in the hot sun with the wolves, and so did they, and we made it through. And then I discovered those triangle um, shades, you know, and then we, we, we worked <laughs> really hard to get those up because we could afford them. They were $25 a piece at Costco. <laughs> so we got those up, and that was great for three years. And then finally, we built this overhang, and I, I take for granted that it was always there until today, you know? And sometimes I look at today... And I forget what it took to get here. How many little miracles had to happen in order for that overhang to be there now so it makes us comfortable, it makes the wolves more comfortable when we go and see them. So it's in the plan, you know. But I have to say a little prayer and a little thankful and a little blessing that we have that overhang right now because what else we need to do is as big as the sky. I can't look at that and feel any accomplishment. And when you don't feel like you've accomplished anything, when you're tired and you spent everything you have, not just your emotional sustenance and every single penny you've got, do you know what I mean? How to look and take that miracle in. Robin Williams said, you will have bad times, but they will always wake you up to the stuff you weren't paying attention to. I only say that because it's so true. Why do we have to have a bad moment in order to pay attention to something that needs to, you know what I mean, that needs addressing? 
before it's too late, before it's as big as the sky, you know, when it was just a little scratch and you were like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'll think about that tomorrow. You have a gone with the wind moment and then <laughs> you're in a civil war, right? <laughs> I won't think about that today. I'll think about that tomorrow. Talk about a sky that you have to address. Jean de la Bruyere says, out of difficulties grow miracles. And that's just my opening part of just describing what Dakota happened. And we get a phone call on Valentine's Day, the day of love and hearts. And he comes into our world and is a miracle for not just Shadow, but for the whole starting of this pack, this whole mission, getting us where we want to go. And it looked painful, and it was painful, but it was a miracle in hindsight. George Bernard Shaw says miracles in the sense of phenomena we can't not explain. They surround us on every hand. Life itself is a miracle of miracles. Now, do you really believe that? How is it possible that that boy was not born to be in this world? <laughs> you know? John Bon Jovi, miracles happen every day. Change your perception of how and what a miracle is, and you'll see them all around you. C.S. Lewis says, miracles do not, in fact, break the laws. Miracles do not, in fact, break the laws of nature. So some people think of you, if you're going to talk about miracles, that it's like this freaky thing that happens, and, and you know what I mean, that nobody else can witness or have in their lives. And you're waiting for a sign, a miracle to happen in order to get confirmation that you should keep going on. You know, that's like waiting for the sky. It's not out of nature. The miracle of life is not outside of our nature. It is what we are. We're the miracles. We are the miracles to each other that we've been waiting for. That's what we are to each other. That's what we can be to each other. That's what our experience with other people in our lives have been and come to fruition. Willa Cather says, where there is great love, there are always miracles. Right? Augustine, St. Augustine says, miracles are not contrary to nature, but only contrary to what we know about nature. Now, that man lived in 403 A.D. So the idea that we have not got this information and we haven't known this information, do you know what I mean, for centuries and centuries and just not been open to it? I had to look him up because I didn't know who he was. 403 A.D., miracles are not contrary to nature, but only contrary to what we know about nature. There's these little miracles that you can kind of look at <laughs> in life. Several years ago, Paul's mom, Judy, passed away. And um, right after that, we got a call that there were, was a, a friends of ours whose father passed away. And they wanted to do a memorial service here, and they were. And um, I didn't have my phone on me. Paul had his phone on me, and they were all sitting under the tree. So after service, you can go and look at this picture. But um, for those of you who are familiar with our prayer tree, 
we've been told that it's a vortex, that it is a portal, that people can actually go from this earth to the next one through that tree. And that there are ancient ones who have been waiting to go home. That's what the Native Americans call it, go home. And so this whole family was sitting here, not lit afterwards. Like if no one can see it from here, Paul. <laughs> you guys go see the picture. Anyway, there is a family part of they were sitting right in front of this tree that's in front of our medicine wheel. And I was taking the picture. And then I saw the picture and there were these two lights in the frame coming from the prayer tree direction. And I'm like, whoa. And then I'm looking in the screen again, right? And they're not there. So I take another picture. There they are, these two streams of light, right? So last week, this little girl was here visiting. It was a private visit to see the wolf. And um, we were over with Freedom. And Freedom was on top of the, the well bed there. And her mom took a picture of the little girl standing looking at Freedom. And in that picture, she posts it later. And there's a stream of light hitting her right in the heart. And of course, in my head, I'm like, you know, that's shadow. <laughs> or even with her mom, because I didn't want to like put that on her, but you know, for me, it's shadow. But I said, there are angels watching her and angels with her. And then she posts just right before I'm doing this talk, she was doing a, 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 um, a, a, a hike on Runyon Canyon in Hollywood and she's showing pictures. There's a picture of the little girl with a light streaming down. Now, a photographer will tell you that the light of the sun hit the lens in a certain way and caused the light. And you know what? Maybe so. Maybe so. But that would eliminate the spiritual aspect of our lives and those kinds of coincidences, right? So you can explain it scientifically, but it is not counter to the laws of nature, to the laws of cause and effect, to the idea that there is more that we cannot see with the naked eye that gets captured in our lives. And that's what I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? That, I, that idea that if it's scientific, then it's absence of spirituality. How is that possible? How are we not spiritual beings in the world walking on the planet with a spiritual purpose in nature? How is that possible? I don't personally believe that so. C.S. Lewis says miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. Everyday miracles. Everyday miracles. Do you know how much work it takes to get the lighting right in order to create that effect? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That goes into the deliberate intention to make that light in a photograph and how much technical work and how many hours that it, it would take in order to create that same effect. That was just there, not to the naked eye when you're taking a shot of a little girl. As Parks Cadman says, we can see a thousand miracles around us every day. 
What is more supernatural than an egg yolk turning into a chicken? Now, this quote, the reason I chose it is because um, I knew I was going to go and leave my college in, in the end of my junior year, believe it or not, <laughs> in the middle of my junior year. They were knocking on the door, you've got to choose a major. And I'm like, I can't choose a major, I want to act for a living. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, I had one more semester to take whatever college courses I wanted and was interested in, whether I could do them or not. So I signed up for embryology, which just so you know, <laughs> embryology, <laughs> the prerequisite for that is usually comparative anatomy, which is a five-point class. And it's pre-med. So you can imagine how I was and how I did in this class called embryology, this pre-med class. And the entire semester was studying embryology from the egg of a chicken. Because I guess that was the easiest way to do it. But the miraculous idea that this egg that, you know, we're familiar with breaking into a saucepan and, you know, eating for breakfast turns into a chicken turns into a chicken, has the oxygen, has everything that it needs in order to grow and develop. And this small little thing, Pablo Casal says every, even miracles take a little time. You know, there's a gestation period, right? I think a buffalo is two years. I know an elephant is like 18 months or something. We think we got it bad at 12, and I didn't even do it. <laughs> You know, you want to go say hi to Dakota? Go ahead. Where'd he go? Go hang out with Dakota. <laughs> Talk about a miracle. This little girl met him last night, met Dakota. She sat on the ground with him and took her cheek and pet him with her cheek, which I have never seen anyone do in my whole life, in the whole visitations and nine years of his existence. And this, this unique expression of this four-year-old to say hello to this massive creature in this way. And then I'm preparing this talk. How do I not see that as a miracle? How do I not take that in and let that touch my heart in a way I will never, ever forget and have not experienced ever before? And you can miss those kind of things. They have a connection. I don't know whether it happened when she got here or whether she had it before she got here, but those two were meant to know each other. That is unmistakable to me and my faith and my belief system. Boyd Packer says some people think a miracle is only a miracle if it happens instantaneously. But miracles can grow slowly and patience and faith can compel things to happen that otherwise never would have come to pass. And the Buddha says if we could see the miracle of a single flower clearly, our whole life would change. Anybody ever been to Death Valley? I was there in the springtime. And I was walking on that sea that has salt as a beach. Have you guys seen that? You know, you're walking on it and it crunches. And I was walking around just in sheer amazement that that is even possible, thinking about all of those people who survived Death Valley. <laughs> there he is. There's your friend. Good boy. She can't. 
If he starts to pull away from you, you have to let him go, though, okay? Good. He wants to, yeah. Or you have to go with him, okay? Which is all right, too. <laughs> so I was thinking about all these people who actually survived Death Valley and then get to this lake that's all salt and they can't drink it either. And then, what kind of faith does that take when you're looking at the snow on the Sierra? You know what I mean? And you got to go that even further to get to fresh water and what that takes. They call it Death Valley for a reason. Anyway, I'm walking and I'm walking and all of a sudden, I literally had to stop myself because there was a purple flower less than the size of my baby pinky fingernail coming out of the ground. Now, I can't recount to you what was going on in my life at the time. It was the 80s, you know, it's like a long, long time ago. But I remember how much it impressed me. And I've never forgotten it. You know, that little miracle of that little purple flower that was growing in the salt through the rocks with no fresh water. And how is that possible? Science tells us that isn't possible, and yet I saw that flower, and that was pre-digital. We didn't have our cell phones, you know, so I, I got as close as I could with my little camera and tried to take a picture of it, and it came out looking like, you know, there's no way you could capture that moment except to experience it in that way. Wayne Dyer says, miracles come in moments. Be ready and willing. Albert Einstein says, there are two ways to live. You can live as if nothing is a miracle, you can live as if everything is a miracle. Premier scientist of our time, talking about miracles. Nancy Gibbs, for the truly faithful, no miracle is necessary. For those who doubt, no miracle is sufficient. What kind of proof do you need? You know what I mean? What do you need to have irrefutable evidence that you are who you are? And everybody else is what they are. And every other living thing is precious, whole and complete, and serving the whole and the oneness that we all share. How much evidence do you need? And like I said, it depends on how broken your spirit and your heart is. And that's when it takes time to grow in faith. It takes time to see the miracles to believe that, that if you can stand, see, and hear, and that you're alive, that that's a miracle. And that needs to be honored for yourself and everybody else. Neil Donald Walsh, miracles seldom occur in the lives of those who do not consider them possible. There could be a miracle waiting for you this minute. Make room for it in your thinking, please. Make room for them, or you'll miss them. There was a time when um, I was really into documenting this whole process of my puppies, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, um, you know, Shadow was sick, and then um, she looked like she was going to make it, but one of the puppies, his name was Denali, did not. And um, he had a rare form of uh, spinal cancer. And um, he died at three months. Well, we'd let him go. That's how I'm going to put that. 
But um, after that happened, I put the camera down and never picked it up again because I realized how much I was missing and how much I missed of them just trying to get the perfect shot. You know, to have the documentation. You know, I talk about that, I talked earlier about, you know, be careful what you give away. I gave away my time, my contact with them that early on. Now, I'm not saying they weren't cute, precious, and I got to capture that moment, you know what I mean? But after that happened, it let me know how much time I missed, you know, interacting with them, being with them, holding them, cuddling them. And so I put the camera away. So there's a lot I don't have documented that I'd still like to have, but, you know, I missed some precious moments, and I, it took Denali's experience to realize it. And so these lessons that we learn from pain, like Robin Williams says, you know, it wakes you up to the things that you need to see and do. I get that. Down to my bones, you know. That what I remember of him and the way he looked at me is what I, is really, that can't be captured in the pictures, in the footage that I have, you know. It would be great if I had it to share, but the moment is my memory of how he looked at me and the connection we had and the experience that I had of his life, as short as it was. Wayne Dyer says, I am realistic. I expect miracles. <laughs> Remember, there was a book that called Expect the Miracle, you know? I used to walk around the, my room, I'm expecting miracles. <laughs> but I was thinking about the sky miracles, the big kind of sky miracles, instead of the miracle that I could actually understand what a miracle would be. Blaise Pascal says, it is impossible on reasonable grounds to disbelieve miracles. It is unreasonable not to see each other and see in our eyes. It is unreasonable not to look at someone who is precious, whole, and complete and not see the miracle in that. Dwight Longenecker says this, maybe miracles are given not to prove anything, but simply to remind us that the physical world is not so solid and real and dependable as we think. Can you imagine making it your life's work to prove that there's no spiritual aspect to our lives using science? Because the more scientific it gets to me and I get down to the nth degree, the more spiritual it seems to me <laughs> and the more miraculous, right? The fact that we are broken, we are all atoms and that we're, there's nothing, there's, it's just space. And yet I see you, Carla. <laughs> you know? If I went over there and touched her, I'd tell you, my hand doesn't go through her. But on that level, we really are invisible. On that level of atoms. It's fascinating. They've proven that, by the way. I'm not just saying that like it's nothing. It's science. <laughs> Pablo Picasso, everything is a miracle. It is a miracle that one does not dissolve in one's bath like a lump of sugar. Think about it. <laughs> it's true. It's all chemistry and biology and physics. That's what we're made of. But it can't be just that. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? 
Noah Benji, a miracle is often the willingness to see the common in an uncommon way. That flower, those flowers are just simply, you walk through this field, you know, it doesn't rain. These things that you see that are green, they all get water. Out there, those flowers exist with just the rain that happened. There's a little bit of rain that happened this year. Beautiful little wildflowers coming out of the sand. Now that should be miraculous to us. Instead, it's just, oh, oh yeah, there's flowers in the field. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Walt Bittman says, to me, every hour of the light and dark is a miracle. Every cubic inch of space is a miracle. And he's a poet. Patrick Swayze, I keep my heart and my soul and my spirit open to miracles. There's a way to live. Walt Whitman again. Oh, it's the same quote, sorry. I just got mixed up. <laughs> it ended up there twice. I must have liked it that much. Deepak Chopra says, miracles happen every day. Not just in remote countries, villages, or holy sites halfway across the globe, but here in our lives. Leonard Nimoy, the miracle is this, the more we share, the more we have. The bigger our world, the more we have. The more gifts, the more miracles. Henry David Thoreau, could a greater miracle take place than for us to look through each other's eyes for an instant? Seriously. And of course, now that I mention him, I always get teary when I talk about Denali, but the only thing I can see in front of me right now are his brown eyes, you know, his golden eyes looking at me. And it was the last moment that he could see. And for an instant, that kind of love, do you know what I mean, that I carry in my heart and my body and my memory for him is precious to me. I know you see me in tears right now. It is one of the most precious moments of my life. I would not want to lose that for anything. I would not want to get rid of that or get over that or whatever it is that people say, do you know what I mean? When your tears come, when you're talking about a loved one that's lost, you know? I don't want to lose that. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> Nobody can take it away from you. It's mine. And it's his. And now it's ours because I'm sharing it. And each one of you has those moments. Albert Einstein, there are only two ways to live your life. One is the Though nothing is a miracle, the other is though everything is a miracle. I got kind of doubled up on this talk, but man. <laughs> Good, take a drink. <laughs> Our, um, <laughs> where's his saddle? She could ride that boy, couldn't she? <laughs> So, pardon me while I rub my nose. Uh, <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin, 
has a wonderful song called Ordinary Miracles, and I'm going to sing that for you right now. miracle, the stupendous order of nature, the revolution of a hundred millions of worlds around a million of stars, the activity of light, the life of all animals are all grand and perpetual miracles. And John Paul says this, the miracles of earth are the laws of heaven. Dang. Okay then. <laughs> Namaste, everybody. Oh, 
What I would like to invite you guys to do, I know we're going to go see the wolves and everything afterwards and have some refreshments, but it is so warm. Take your shoes off and have a grounding moment out there. <laughs> Get connected to the earth on this earth day and feel the power and the majesty of that out by the prayer tree. You know, just walk barefoot in the grass today and take that home with you. It might be just what the doctor ordered. So thank you. Um, as you know, I don't pass a basket or anything, but if you have a love offering or anything that you would like to share with us, it all goes to the wolves and our purpose here and our mission to educate, not eradicate. There's jars out there. You can put them in. You can read about what the burden basket is. It's a Native American kind of um, idea that you don't carry your burdens with you. You give them up before you especially go into your homes where they're supposed to be sacred and full of love. And um, here we just write them down, put them in the basket with antler on them, and then I burn them later with a prayer. Also, if you have anything that you want to share with us that of gratitude and share this community of joy and miracles, you can write down miracles today that are in your life, fold them up, nobody reads them, and just put them in um, the joy jar out there, which is a turquoise jar with a black wolf on it. And um, as always, some of the ways that I do my talks now um, is because we have a podcast. So if you can't be here and you want to listen to this talk or again or other talks that I've done, um, you can uh, join us on um, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> um, you can get there directly. You can get to the podcast from any one of those places. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and all of those places that I don't know anything about. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's a pleasure. We do have Mary and, um, and um, Margie have um, made some items that they have donated to sell, and that all goes to the foundation as well. So if you see anything out there that you'd like, see me or um, if Mary will help that's great anyway we end with a song um, and uh, it's a prayerful song also and it has sign language to it and it's called face of God you are the face of God I hold you in my heart you are a part of me you are the face of God